You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. It is Wednesday, November 22nd. Uh, just a couple of days removed from a tough Kansas City Chiefs loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, but it's a quick turnaround as they have a division matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday afternoon. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney, before we move on to the Raiders, a lot of Chiefs fans are upset over a social media video of Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni uh, you know, really juiced up after a big win for the Eagles on Monday night football. I feel like this is, you know, fandom and this is what you get. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, congratulations on your week 11 win. We'll see you in the super bowl nerd. Like, and it's just, this is what rivalries are all about. Like these teams competed in a super bowl last year. The Eagles picked up a big win. I have no problems with Nick Sirianni being fired up afterwards. Yeah. I think one thing to be fired up and then it's one another thing to specifically say chiefs fans i can't hear you anymore i mean i i think that's a little strange uh behavior from someone who's a head coach and is supposed to, to keep his players calm i don't blame them for being excited i mean it, it really was a big win i you know i know that sometimes uh folks can get overexcited and it really affects them inside the building because you do reach you know, a level too high and then you have to sort of try to find that again uh, i think the big mistake was maybe mentioning the fan base uh, and I know what you're saying too, Steve. Like, I know that you're saying that, okay, you know, it, it's okay behavior. It might be. And, you know, that, that's an opinion for whoever. Um, but Patrick Mahomes has shown a, a past of being motivated by these things. Like, you talk about the um, picking Mitch Trubisky against Chicago, the NFL rankings with Lamar Jackson at number four, the, um, the, driving around Arrowhead Stadium with the Raiders and, and John Gruden. I, I mean, I mean, he remembers. <laughs> the North remembers, as they say. I know that's the reference that I uh, – in Game of Thrones, isn't it? Um, and and so <laughs> if these two teams were to see each other again, it would be the Super Bowl, sure. Uh, and you're asking yourself, well, how much more motivation could there be in the Super Bowl? Well, watch. Because if somehow the Chiefs play the, the Eagles and the Chiefs are able to score a touchdown, let's see what Mahomes comes up with to make sure that Nick Sirianni knows that he did. I was not ready for a Pete Sweeney Game of Thrones reference on today's Arrowhead Pride <laughs> report, but uh, that's what we got the week of Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's I, I think I understand why Chiefs fans are annoyed with it, but this is just kind of uh, a gamesmanship thing in my mind. Um, you know, Sirianni's kind well, of built chances, this. The chances of these two teams seeing each other, we're just kind of assuming that they're both going to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that those chances are sort of astronomical but hey i guess you, you never do know um so it'll have to be at a future date uh, if not in february yeah and sirianni has kind of built this reputation now is this kind of like frat bro head coach and 
And I like it. I think he's got personality, whereas most of these guys are robots and show almost no emotion. I actually respect a coach that is not afraid to show some emotion sometimes. So uh, I don't have an issue with it, even if Chiefs fans are a little bit upset about it. But we got to turn the page to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I I think this is a tougher matchup than a a lot of people probably think because it's the Raiders and we already know how what a disaster it was at the start of the season for them. They already go through uh, a head coach firing and they've kind of rallied around that and they have played better while their offense isn't anything to really write home about. It's nothing. It's nothing exciting with a rookie undrafted quarterback and Aiden O'Connell leading the charge like they're not explosive. They're they're not intimidating offensively, but their defense, I think, has been better than uh, most people would give them credit for. And certainly Max Crosby is a problem who and he's given the Chiefs plenty of problems here over the last few years. Yeah, this is definitely a rejuvenated team. Um, I think you much would have rather played them prior to the coaching change. It seemed like it was kind of like an internal uh, disaster, you know, quite the opposite of what's going on with, with Philadelphia and, and their, their coaching staff. And, and now it does seem like they've gained uh, some, some juice from that. I think it's going to be much tougher out than uh, it, it would have been. Uh, you know, my general feeling is, yeah, the Raiders are playing a little bit better. Yeah, they look a little bit better. But this is still, you know, at the end of the day, even with Mahomes' struggles, Aiden O'Connell versus Patrick Mahomes. And so to wrap your head around the Raiders being able to, to get a victory when they're just such at a uh, disadvantage when it comes to the quarterback position. Not that O'Connell can't grow and, and become a quarterback in this league. It's just right now I, I think the Chiefs are are just better, way better at that position, and that that's kind of what matters uh, here. To go into Vegas, um, it's going to be a team that wants to prove that they um, can win. Uh, again, I, if you're not a, a wide receiver on the Chiefs who's motivated this week, you'll never be motivated in the NFL. Um, and I think – that's going to provide the Chiefs a, a little bit of, of juice um, on their side. So it, it'll be an interesting game to, to watch here, but I, I like the Chiefs to bounce back just because, I, you know, at this stage, even with some of the Raiders' uh, stars like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, I just feel like the Chiefs are, are a better team overall, and uh, they're, they're really going to be seeking a, a get-right game uh, after what was a disappointing performance against the Eagles. Yeah, and I think the game line, the spread reflects everything that you just said right there. The Chiefs are currently an eight and a half point favorite over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And, you know, I, I think one, one thing to be weary about in this game uh, against the Raiders in that struggling offense with the rookie quarterback is Josh Jacobs, who since Antonio Pierce took over as the interim head coach for the Raiders, they have been leaning into Josh Jacobs and really feeding him a lot. And if you could point to one thing about the Chiefs defensively this year where they've struggled a little bit, it's to stop opposing rushing attacks. And that's kind of been Achilles heel of this defense, even going back years where they certainly haven't played to this standard. But I have to imagine we get a, a Chiefs team that's really motivated to pick up a big road win after that Monday night letdown. Yeah, uh, it, and it's in a way it's a short rest. Uh, even though the game is on Sunday, the Chiefs just played on Monday. And so I, I think, Chiefs are probably happy about that with how they played on, on Monday night. I, I know over the past few days, people have been, been really upset, but and I continue to, to look at and all the mistakes that Kansas City made with the penalties and the turnover and, of course, the, the drop that everybody has seen has kind of uh, erupted the fan base. You know, one of those things goes different. Uh, I think the Chiefs win, but they, they, they didn't, right? And those are self-inflicted wounds that cost you the game. And so when, when those happen, you want to play right away. 
Uh, and this is only a six-day wait for Kansas City, which I'm sure they're happy about. I, I bet you they wish they played on Thanksgiving, even if it was you know, three days after, because it's probably that bad of a taste in their mouth right now. And I, I want to mention that we heard from the coordinators yesterday, and this is kind of a weird week. I also want to remind you guys, uh, this is going to be the last Arrowhead Pride report of the week, but we'll still have podcasts coming out every day covering this matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. Just trying to get some family time with Thanksgiving on Thursday, trying to enjoy some football. And we've got a Black Friday game for the first time ever, too. So make sure you don't forget about the Miami Dolphins taking, the, taking on the Jets on, on Friday afternoon. Uh, but we'll still have plenty of coverage here for you at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So make sure you stay locked into that. But Kind of a weird week for Chiefs media. Um, we heard from the coordinators yesterday. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes this afternoon, and then the Chiefs will go quiet um, until Friday. We'll hear from head coach Andy Reid. But if you listen to Andy Reid's press conference from last week, I think his press conference from uh, Saturday was a minute and 45 seconds long. So uh, not a ton from Andy Reid at the end of the week this week, but uh, nothing coming out on Thursday as it is Thanksgiving. But we heard from the coordinators yesterday. We heard from Matt Nagy. We heard from Steve Spagnuolo and Dave Tobe. And uh, specifically, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, of course, was asked about their wide receiver struggles and you know everything that impacted that game on Monday night. And sp specifically, MBS, who I think is one of the most frustrating players on the team this year because, you know, you can be upset that Sky Moore hasn't panned out. You can be upset that uh, they're not giving Rasheed Rice more looks as a rookie wide receiver. But I think Chiefs fans should be more frustrated with Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he's the veteran wide receiver presence in that room. And I think the Chiefs really expected him to be kind of Mahomes' security blanket this season uh, outside of Travis Kelsey. Like, he's the veteran guy that you can rely on that can make plays. And he's having the worst season of his career and he has not been reliable at all. And you know, the chief's offensive yeah. coordinator on Thursday was asked about that. And he pulled the old, well, I think he's doing a lot of things that people don't realize, you know, even when he's not catching the football, which Pete, you can tell me how you feel about this, but when coaches say things like that, I'm just like, Oh, they know he's bad and they know he's not producing. They're just making reasons as to why he continues to play a ton of snaps and be out there on the field when they start throwing the, well, he's doing a lot of things away from the football. Yeah. Well, if you really look at the snap counts, this is the first game Marquez Valdez-Scantling played less than 50%. I actually think it would be more of a storyline that they're trending on and in, in sort of benching him um, had it not been for him being on the field at exactly the wrong time in exactly the wrong situation. It's been disappointing. Uh, and you get to a certain point in the middle of the season where it doesn't matter if he's the highest paid receiver in the room, you, know, you got to play him less if the other guys are giving you a better opportunity. Uh, I, I thought there were points, believe it or not, of optimism <laughs> on Monday night, despite of, of how bad uh, everything thing looked. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's it's going to be a winning recipe to be giving uh, Justin Watson as many targets as you were giving him. But I, I think of all the receivers in the room, at least he's reliable in the sense that he's going to bring some balls in. Um, to me, I thought Kadarius Tony looked really good. If he can get to a full uh, menu uh, of snaps, uh, then all of a sudden, I, I think it's the, uh, in a sense, uh, we've talked about Rasheed Rice and what he has done, he's the best receiver in the room. And so it's almost looking like, to me, uh, the Chiefs ought to try to lean into Tony and Rice uh, and, and Watson. And I know in the past I've said, you know, they got to be really careful about, about Tony's injury. I think it's just clearly a, a different room when Tony's on, on the field and, and has the ball in his hands. And 
even though he has been injury prone and injury risk in the past at a certain point, you just got to play him uh, because it, it's, it's, it's really leaving you, I think, um, without any other option. That, that's kind of digging into the room. I asked Matt Nagy, you'll, you can hear it on from the podium. I also wrote it up for Pride.com if you want to go and read, but I asked him about this rotation in a sense, like, you know, you got to continue to rotate guys and they seem to, be wanting to lean in um you know there is some coach speak to that sometimes of course they're not going to tell you yeah we want to lean into three guys and, and not really play for four others but uh i think if you really look at the snap count trends they are seeking three guys they can give most of these snaps to get them in a rhythm and, and have some production out of the wide receiver room so that's a long way to say yeah i mean the highest paid players has been a grand disappointment uh and although he's had his spots over these past couple of years you have to have that ball um on, on Monday night, if you're, if you're making that much money or you're not regularly productive, you got to be able to rise to the occasion when called upon. And he certainly wasn't. Yeah. And Justin Watson's taken a lot of criticism this week too. And I, I think Justin Watson, the criticism is totally unfair because for what you've gotten out of him, uh, a player who was undrafted and who costs you virtually nothing to bring back after he was a great addition last year, like, Justin Watson's a role player who has made some significant impact plays for the Chiefs, but he's not a number one wide receiver. He's got no business uh, leading the team in snaps and getting 11 targets in a primetime football matchup. Like, that's just where the Chiefs are right now. And I have to imagine Rasheed Rice's role is going to continue to expand as the season goes on, or I, I really hope that it does. And you know, Dave Tobe mentioned Richie James. They still view him as their top kick returner when he is healthy and he's practicing. He has not been activated off of IR, but it, it seems like he could step back into that if the Chiefs do activate him at some point here in the near future. And it may be this week. Also, like, can we see what I, I know I made fun of uh, on the Arrowhead Pride Editor show, like the idea of installing things for Richie James, but like, it's so bad at this point. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, Richie James was productive last year in a much inferior offense for the New York Giants. Let's let's just see if he can give you anything in, in the passing game because nobody else is really doing it right now. Yeah, and he might be you know, the third option on, on this team. You know, when you think about Travis Kelsey and she Rice being next and, you know, what can you do with snaps where you're the, the third option, right? Like, so that's because that's a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. Uh, and... We saw flashes from Richie James uh, in, in training camp, not just an ability to return, but uh, on the field and, and juking guys and and whatnot. And I, I would agree with you. I, I think you're at a point where it's like maybe we should try to lean into uh, a player who we liked uh, on film last year, was able to be productive on a on a on a Giants team that didn't really have a ton of guys at the position. Kind of similar, right? Like they were depleted when it came to injuries and talent and, and whatnot, uh, and and throw them in the mix. Um, I. I wouldn't hate that, and I'd be curious to see what what he's able to do. Um, you wonder if his head's in the playbook, right? He missed a lot of time, and so uh, we got to see if he's healthy, if he's if he's ready to go playbook wise. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate that. And what gives me an indication that maybe he would be up um, this coming week? He was a healthy scratch seemingly last week, but what, what would lead me to believe he might be up this week was that comment from Dave Tope, just saying. You know, right now, he's our best punt returner on the roster. That doesn't always necessarily mean that they're going to be active because, you, you know, you have to think about the offense and defense first. But I think that's a good sign. And so we'll see here. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening in, in the uh, wide receiver room. 
And, you know, don't be surprised if Marquez Valdez-Scantling continues to get less work and you do start to see some of these guys uh, getting more opportunities. And, you know, I, I disagree with Dave Tobe. I think it's pretty clear that Kadarius Tony is their best punt returner, but hopefully them activating Richie James and saying he's got to be the guy, hopefully that just means more Kadarius Tony in the offense because, well, I, I, I yeah. mean, he he's clearly – just he he's got some juice and bring something to the table that they seem to be seriously lacking. If they can just get him on the field and utilize him in unique ways, which is what they did in the first half against the Eagles. I don't, uh, I don't think Dave Tip saying that yesterday. You can go back and listen. I, I don't think him saying that yesterday necessarily means that Richie James is is the most talented punt returner on the roster. I think the way that they're designing it, like if you've been listening to everything they're saying, they're continuing to try to raise Kadarius Tony snaps to to get him more action while maintaining the injury but you know eventually he, he should be 100 healthy right so you would think that he would be able to go um and if he's going to get more and more time on the offense as we go here then naturally you're not going to want to uh, have him um you know on, on special teams and we did see him kind of grimacing with some kind of hand issue you know midway through the game um this past game you know injuries are more likely to happen on special teams and so I think all that considered, if they're going to use Kadarius more in the offense, um, you want to not risk injury on teams, then that makes Richie James the next best option. Uh, and so we'll see if that Lee, I don't know if he'll necessarily be active, but I, I kind of hope he is. And I hope we get some offensive looks as, as well. Um, in addition to the punt returning. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Uh, again, we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on this afternoon. We'll also get an updated injury report from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, no Arrowhead Pride report tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. Trying to get some time with the family as you guys are, but we'll have plenty of coverage for you ahead of the Chiefs Week 13 or Week 12 matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. So make sure you stay locked in right here. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And we will talk to you guys on Friday uh, with a new edition of Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week as well as Show and BK.